What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods, and we have our first Ivy League player on the show, and we have one of the best in the country in Jordan Hill. Harvard linebacker was elected the 147th captain of the Harvard football team, a two-time first-team Ivy League All-American, was also a second-team Ivy League All-American in 2019. So, Jordan, appreciate you joining the show, man. Yeah, thank you for having me, and uh, you know, really looking forward to to being a part of this. Absolutely, and so man, you come out, you know, uh, you had a pretty prestigious high school career. I would say, a team MVP, All Gazette, second team All State. What was your recruiting process like, and what schools were recruiting you the hardest? Yeah, um, so I had a pretty pretty robust um, recruiting process, just in terms of visits and just letters from schools. Uh, FBS schools such as uh, Stanford was probably the heavy, the heaviest, excuse me, in terms of coming out for visits. I went out there on an unofficial, um, but then a lot more from FCS schools and a lot of schools in the MAC, such as Toledo, Toledo and Buffalo. Um, all of the service academies, and then all of the Ivy Leagues except for Princeton and Brown. So. For me, I was really looking for an opportunity, A, to play high caliber football, um, but also seeing as this is, you know, one of the one of the selling points from Coach Murphy is that um, Coach Murphy, the head coach at Harvard, was if you come to Harvard, it's a 40 year decision, not a four year decision. And really taking that in, into perspective and thinking about what that really meant um, and how going to Harvard would have the opportunity to change my life, change my family's life for generations. So uh, when I put those two things together of what Harvard can afford me on the field and then after it, um, it was really hard to turn it down. I like it, man. And so you, you kind of already spoke why you committed. You get on campus and you want to talk about an instant impact freshman. You start day one and are already one of the leaders as a freshman. So a lot of new players a lot of parents watching the show and things will want to know what are the keys to being an instant impact freshman and how are you able to play such a major role so quickly yeah you know um in anything in life when you when you start something new it's good to go in there put your best foot forward and when you talk about football that means you got to go in and compete so from day one um knowing that i was capable of playing there it was, okay, I'm here to make an impact and I'm gonna show that I can be a valuable member of this team. So in practice, whether it's special teams or uh, interior, you know, and everything else in between, um, just making sure that I stood out, making sure that I was a high effort guy, a guy who was willing to do anything for the team and a guy who, who really wanted to get better every day. Um, you know, those opportunities that you get playing this game, uh, you know, it can be over in any second. So you really want to make sure that your last step, that your, the last moves that you make are great ones and something that you can you can walk away happy and proud of what you put in. Oh, man, I, I like that. And you jumped on the scene really quickly, man. That game against Princeton, man, 17 tackles in that game set a record for Harvard that still stands right now. For you, what was different about that game and what made that game so special? Yeah, you know, um, as we talked about off air, Ivy League football is high caliber football. And every time we play Princeton, it's going to be a good game. 
it's going to be a competitive match. And it's something that, you know, we all look forward to because we know we have to play our best. They know they have to play their best. Um, and so in that game, I want to say we went into double or triple overtime. Um, but throughout, so obviously it's a long, grueling game, physical and all that. But throughout, I was really just trying to make plays, you know, make a difference because I knew that this would be one of those games where everybody had to make every stop. You know, obviously it goes, there's ebbs and flows in football, so it goes both ways. But um, just trying to make sure that I did my part to help our team be successful. And, you know, we pulled that game out. It was a great win. And, you know, looking back on it, it was one of my favorite games at Harvard. Absolutely. And, I mean, that was really your first step. Rank, now you rank fourth in Harvard history for tackles, which this is one of the longest-running programs, one of the most storied programs in college football history. So got off to an early start there. But you did have to go through some um, adversity, I would say. The COVID, the COVID season was wild for FCS. First, all the fall seasons are canceled. Then you have conferences. Half the teams are playing. Half the teams aren't. The Ivy League was one of the first leagues to come out and say they were not playing for you. How did you stay ready, and how tough was that season on yourself and the Harvard football program? Yeah, you know, it was definitely difficult um, being sent home in the middle of winter workouts right before spring ball would have started in uh, the spring of 2020. Uh, so it was, it was less than ideal, to, to make it short. Um, and then I was also – that was my first semester, so to speak, being elected captain. Um, and truly being in that role. So, you know, it's just like, okay, well, this is an unprecedented situation, something that we just have to get through. And something that I really um, impressed on the team was just find a way to get better, find a way to make a way, find a way to do something today to help yourself whenever we get back. You know, we weren't sure in the spring if we wouldn't have an opportunity to play in the fall. But in our minds, in our hearts, and what I was uh telling all the guys was just we're playing in the fall so you better be ready and we are going to be ready so make sure that you're doing those things you know we were um having player run meetings just to stay fresh on the playbook get those guys because obviously with football every year seniors leave other people need to step up you know make sure that especially as a defense we're all cohesive and understanding what it is that our scheme is and how we all need to move with one another. So um, doing those things. And then obviously once the entire 2020, 2020 season gets canceled, it's okay. You know, we know that this isn't what we wanted, but we are going to be back eventually. So who you are today is going to directly impact who we are when we do come back. So just impressing a lot of the same things on the team, uh, helping guys stay focused, got a chance to get back on campus or at least around campus um, that following spring, spring of 2021. Um, and, you know, just doing little things like seven on seven with the guys, getting on the field, getting in the weight room, whenever we could um, just to stay around one another. And then we had arguably our largest summer workouts turnout um that summer going into this past season so you know it was it was a unique experience obviously something that I hope never happens to another team um 
not just for what he did football-wise, but COVID at, at large. So, uh, you know, to say that guys really stuck together and we stuck it out is something that really made this past season special. And and you mentioned, you know, it was your first semester elected team captain, and you were really elected twice. I mean, you got elected for the COVID season and then got elected again your senior year. And, you know, I want to, I want to say real quick, I know uh, for our listeners, be, Harvard is, I think, the only school that does a solo captain. So you, they are like one football team captain. So this is a huge deal. So for you, man, being part of this program and being really elected twice as the Harvard football captain, what did it mean to you? Uh, yeah, you know, it was it was an honor. Um, it's hard to really put it into words. Uh, uh, it was something that, you know, I always knew I was capable of being. Um, you know, whenever I step into a different or a new situation, environment, team, community, whatever you want to think about, uh, it's important on me to make sure that I'm bringing value to that space, to our team. And so from my freshman year up until then, that is what I was trying to do. And then to hear from my teammates that they valued what I was doing for the team, um, and just how I led was something that was special, you know, just to sort of confirm that that I was doing things the right way and that there were guys who, you know, truly believed in me to be the the sole leader um, of our team. So, you know, it was, it was an honor, as I said. Man, that's, that's amazing. I know they have the big plaque and I believe it's in the locker room with all the with all the captains with names on everything, man. So that's a big deal. But there's somebody else who's been around campus a long time. Head coach Tim Murphy has been around this program, the leader of this program, I believe since I was born. And so it's been a long tenure, and you don't see coaches stick around programs as long as he has. What makes him such a successful coach, and what is his relationship like with you guys behind the scenes? Yeah, you know, um, hats off to Coach Murphy. Uh, the winningest coach in the Ivy League. And, you know, what really separates him is just his attention to detail, um, you know, from practice to summer workouts and helping guys find jobs and internships up in the area so that they can be there. Um, you know, he just really leaves no stone unturned. Um, and then once you get into the X's and O's, you know, he does a great job of, being an advocate for what Harvard can do for its student athletes um, and really allowing us to, to be successful both on the field and off of it just by, you know, empowering and enabling us to, to do everything that we want to do. So great coach. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to go down as one of the best coaches, at, like you said, in Ivy League history. And the one game that everyone knows about, even if people don't watch Ivy League football, the Harvard-Yale game is – I mean, there's only two rivalries in, in college football that are named the game. And mm-hmm. you, you, to be named that, you have to know the history behind it. One of the the oldest rivalries in college football. What is the environment like? What is the build up to this game? What is campus like the week of? And what makes it such a passionate rivalry, man? Yeah, uh, to say it's passionate is honestly an understatement. You know, it's something <laughs> that you really feel as soon as you step on campus, even as a recruit. Um, 
from professors to students and really the whole Cambridge community, uh, that game means a lot, you know, as, as any major game does, but with the history and everything that has gone into it, um, you know, Yale is also a, a very good team. They recruit well, they get some talented players. So, you know, every year, regardless of what either of our records is, it's going to be a competitive game because we all want to have those bragging rights going into that next season. So, um, you know, this past year, that was a crazy game. Uh, late touchdown by Kim Wimberly. Um, it's something that is really etched in to the brains of everybody who was in that stadium. But for us on that team, it's something that's locked in our hearts forever. So, you know, uh, Matt, there's nothing uh, like it. Uh, that's one That's one game I have to get to, man. I'm from the South, so it's, it's, a, it's a trek for me. But I definitely want to get up there for one of those games. But – Let's t- let's let's take a step back to freshman year Jordan Hill and how your game has evolved to the guy I'm talking to right now on this show throughout your Harvard career, man. What what's been the biggest changes for you as a player? Yeah, so uh, in high school, I actually played outside linebacker. We were more of a three four team, so I was doing some more pass rush and being up on the line. Um. So that in comparison to at Harvard, where four three quarters team, where I'm playing middle linebacker, dropping back into the deep middle if we're in sort of a Tampa two look, um, and doing some more things like that. Uh, so when I got in there as a freshman, like especially in that Princeton game, I was just running around. You know, obviously I knew the scheme, but it was more effort plays than than you know truly being honed in on the the fundamentals and the mechanics of playing the middle linebacker position. So uh, with the work of our defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, Coach uh, Larkey, um, you know, he really allowed me to, to step into that role of being our mic uh, um, as it pertains to communication, um, setting the line, being able to know how the run fits, how everything works around the run fit, you know, because, you know, there's opportunities in a football game where people try to just make plays and they might jump out of a gap. So knowing how to correct those things, knowing when you can make those risks and take those chances um, and really just growing an understanding of the game and how I fit into our defense. Oh, man, I, I like that. And so moving on a little bit from that to kind of get to know you a bit as a player, which NFL player do you think you model your game after the most right now? Yep. So uh, growing up from the DMV area, two linebackers I watched the most were London Fletcher and Ray Lewis. Of course, you know, those two guys, their name speaks for themselves of just being hard nose in the run game inability to drop back in zone, um, come up if there's a dig or something by a receiver to make sure that they know if they come in the middle, you know, they got to deal with something on the way out. Um, and yeah, but now my game, I'd say is it's really, really emblematic of a guy like Denzel Perriman, um, this past year for the Oakland Raiders, you know, hard nose, get downhill, can also get back into the, whatever zone drops you need him to, can play man on the tight end a little bit, 
and the running backs as well. Um, but is definitely a great communicator, a great leader, and allows that defense to play fast. And that's why um, the Raiders defense played so well this past year. And, you know, they made a lot of plays just because of the communication that I saw out of him and his ability to keep keep that defense rolling. Man, I, I like that you I, I like that you kind of gave a shout out to him, man. He's he's somebody that I don't think gets a lot of shine for everything he does for that defense. And I mean he's been good throughout his whole career too. So I really like that comparison um right there. But I was very superstitious when I was playing in terms of like what I had to listen to, what I had to wear and do. How do you get ready for game days, man? What's your pregame routine? Yeah, so typically uh so if it's a home game, I will, you know, lock in like most people do, just listening to music. And then what I'll do is I'll go out to the field, just walk a lap. Um, I don't know. It was just something I did this past year, really, uh, because I knew that my my days in Harvard Stadium were coming to an end. And I really, like, appreciated what that stadium and what that team and what that school gave me. So... I would take a lap, um, picking up little debris if there's some random stuff on the field or whatever, throw it off to the side, then go back in, probably get in the hot tub, come out, get onto the field, and just do some simple little warm-up drills, getting back in my drops, working on my read steps and run fits and all that stuff. Get back in, you know, now everybody's lit in the locker room, so we're playing music and you know just getting ready as a team and then you know we head out do our typical pregame routine and then it's go time i like it and so i know you're busy man you know you play linebacker you're the leader of the defense so i don't know how much time you have in between plays to really talk trash but for you are you a big trash talker during the game yeah you know it depends um you know for the most part i'm worried about what we need to do but Either somebody else has something to say to myself or one of my teammates, or, you know, you could just get some energy from some guys uh, where you're like, you know, I'm going to make sure that you not only feel me, but you're going to hear what I have to say about it. So, um, you know, I, I like to to talk a little bit, especially the linemen, you know, just to bug them. Um, you know, next play, they might try to come off a little heavy. Now you swim right around them because they were being a little bit too aggressive or whatever. Uh, but you know, football is fun. So sometimes you gotta have a little bit of fun with that. Uh, man, I like it. I like the energy. I could tell even watching. You know, if you if you watch the Harvard game, and you could tell you're very animated on the field and always always talking to your teammates, getting people in position. Mess. So I had to ask because I can't tell. I was like, I don't know if he's directed his teammates or talking trash. I don't know what's going on. But to give a little credit to the other side of the ball, man. Looking back on your career at Harvard. Who are some of the best offensive players you ever had to face? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, at the quarterback position, the two names who really step out to me now are EJ Perry and um, Kurt Rawlings from Yale. So EJ Perry from Brown this past year's Ivy League Offensive Player of the Year, and um, Kurt Rawlings, who played quarterback for Yale up until this year. Um, but from 2016 to 2020, he was their quarterback. For Perry, you know, he's just a dynamic player, a guy who uh, likes to scoot a little bit, uh, 
they didn't really have the best team around him. And, you know, whenever they played us, he didn't have his best games because, you know, defensively we know we know we got to do what we got to do. But uh, he's definitely a talented player. And Kurt Rawlings was he was a he was a dude um, could put the ball anywhere. Tough. Um, and you could really see his leadership and his ability to uh, come in there as a freshman. Um and led that team fairly well. They they didn't have a great record, but they were always in the games. And then uh, towards the end of his his tenure there, he had really allowed Yale to be a much better team. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, f- I figure I figured EJ was going to have to be be on there after after the season. You know, he just had. But um, the million dollar question, man. I was actually asked this like the past two live streams. Somebody's asked me about it because once I told them you were coming on, they were like, "You had this is the number one question people ask me to ask you is should the Ivy League return to the FCS playoffs?" Definitely, it's not even a question about it. You know, um, this year we were ranked. I know that Princeton was ranked as well, and you know, to have those really mean something outside of just sort of the bragging rights of knowing that we were ranked, but to have that opportunity to put that to test and to show that Ivy League football is real football, um, to shake some of that stigma that people may or may not have about Ivy League talent, um, that would be a great opportunity. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the day when this does happen. Absolutely. I mean, you guys beat Holy Cross pretty convincingly, who was a playoff team who made a solid, who who had a solid run in the FCS playoffs this year. So, like you said, the talent is real in the Ivy League, and I, I would really like a chance for, like, those teams to have a shot. But, man, this is this is also a big question. You know, you've, you've done a lot, man. I mentioned the All-Americans. I've mentioned the team captains. You were you you were a finalist for the Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year this year. What letter grade would you give your career at Harvard? Honestly, I'm between I, I'd say a B. Um, you know, for all those reasons that you said, um, you know, I'm proud of what I did. But in the end of the day, I didn't walk off with any jewelry. You know, and that's the toughest thing about this game. And um, is that, you know, when it's over, it's over. And, you know, we were eight and two this past year, really had an opportunity. You know, some things didn't go our way. Um, Some things were definitely gone in the wrong direction. I don't even want to get into that uh, with the Princeton game. But, um, you know, that having that would definitely allow me to to think that I did a lot better, think that we did a lot better. But, um, you know, without that, it it's definitely rough and a little bit tough. But, but uh, you know, I'm still proud of myself. I'm still proud to be able to, be able to walk away as the fourth, uh, fourth leading tackler in school history, being elected captain. Um, and now having an opportunity to to play at the next level. So, you know, I'm proud of what I did. I just know that, you know, if I'd gotten that ring, I'd, I'd feel a whole lot better. So, you know, that's the game. Hey, that, 
that's the competitor in you, man. I, I love the answer. I, I love love how you broke it down. And I think you I think you were fair, man. You were just like that ring separating from the egg. So some people get on here and like D minus. I got four all American awards, but it's a D minus. I needed I needed more. And I'm like, you got to give yourself a little bit of props. But man, you're going into the NFL draft process now. And I I'm excited to see what comes as we get into April for the NFL draft. But for you. If an NFL franchise asks you what they're going to get in Jordan Hill, what do you tell them? Yeah, you're going to get a guy who from day one is going to make an impact, who's going to be a, a value guy, a guy who is attentive, hardworking, and dedicated to not only making himself better, but making the team better. Um, and knowing that, you know, regardless of, Theoretically, I could go in and be an all pro player from day one. It doesn't matter if I do that, but as a team, we aren't successful. Um, so truly somebody who wants to win as a team, as I said at Harvard, I never got a chance to win an Ivy League championship. So being a part of a team culture where we can win and where I can be of value in that is something that truly means a lot to me. Um, and I'm a guy who's really willing to do anything to make sure that that happens. Oh man, I, I like it, and I, ex- I I I expect your name to be called. I know you're gonna be on NFL roster somewhere next year, man. So I'm excited. But thank you for coming on the show, man. And this is all about supporting the players. Where can people follow you on social media to follow your journey to the NFL? And any shout outs or plugs you need to give, man. This time is yours. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Instagram at j underscore hill period 55 um my twitter jordan hill underscore 55 um and you know just a shout out to the crim fam uh you know for all those people who don't know about harvard football um you know we have some talent you know this year i think we're sending six guys as of right now to go play fbs ball Guys going to Notre Dame, UCLA, Minnesota, North Carolina. Um, So, you know, truly, if you get a chance to watch this podcast, understand that Ivy League football and Harvard football is real. Those are really talented guys. And, you know, I'm looking forward to see what the team does next year, bringing home that ring back to Cambridge. and, you know, I'm just extremely appreciative of everything that that school and my teammates gave me. Oh, man, I love it. And listen, guys, if if your team wants to find out and wants to smoke, go ahead and schedule one of these Ivy League schools like Holy yeah. Cross did and find out how good the talent is. I promise Ivy League schools win out of conference games all the time. So make sure to do that. But guys, like I said, it's always about supporting the players. Make sure to go follow Jordan on all social media platforms. Follow his journey to the NFL draft. And like I always say, once all these guys get into get into the league, go buy a jersey. Support my man. Buy his jersey. Rock the merch. I'm excited to see what happens. But guys, for the Blue Bloods, myself and Jordan, we are out for right now.